Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Education Conversations. Let's welcome a team guest, uh, Sonia Giza, who's former executive director of Innovation Edge and project leader for the Thrive by Five Index. Sonia, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks very much for having me. Could you please take us through uh, the findings of uh, the Thrive by Five Index? Because it seems very, very critical for us as South Africans to understand um, this high percentage of 65% of children between four to five years old who are really just not doing well. They are not thriving academically and in their growth. Yes, exactly. So uh, we sampled a, a representative uh, proportion of children aged four to five years. We had a massive sample. We assessed over 5,000 children from uh, 1,247 early learning programs across the country. Um, so it's a massive sample and it gives us data that's very reliable um, at a provincial and national level. So what it shows us is that um, two-thirds of children um, are starting grade R without the right learning foundations in place um, or physically stunted, um, which means that they're starting already at a disadvantage. Um, and what's particularly concerning is we're seeing that um, household income levels directly impact these learning outcomes. So poorer children are starting school with poorer learning outcomes, and these children tend to go to poor schools without remedial resources, which means that um, these children are unlikely to catch up. And so what we're seeing here is really the roots of inequality at a very early stage. And inequality is uh, quite a big thing in South Africa because we are ranked as the highest uh, in uh, country uh, that has these levels of inequality uh, according to the Gini coefficient. So taking a look at that, I mean, how do we equal the, level, uh, the, level, uh, the playing field? How do we equal it? Because here we are with... 65% of children, and I've got a child in this age group uh, who, who, who is going to grow up with these children, and not all children are going to be getting the same or equal education. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think one of the important things in the report and in just about education. Um, so, so the extent to which a four- to five-year-old child is developmentally on track by the age of five, will depend. Okay. Sonia, your line is really not good. I'm going to take you back. Sonia? All right, I can't hear Sonia, and I'm sure you, A-teamers, also can't. I know there's uh, load shedding currently happening, and uh, with the weather, network connectivity is quite a, a, a challenge and a struggle. We are talking early childhood development and uh, the fact that this particular index has shown that children um, between the ages of four and five, a, a, a huge percentage, 65%, are really not doing well um, due to the fact that they come from uh, poorer communities, according to Sonia, and we want to understand how can we equal the living, uh, the playing field, how can we make sure that all our children get equal opportunities. Please do interact with us, especially if you have a child in this age group or you are running an early childhood development uh, program. Please let us know on 011-714-2006. How can we equal the playing field? The WhatsApp number is 0614-104107 or SMS 41391. Sonia, thank you. You're back now? Yes, I'm sorry about that. Oh, well, it's network. What can we do? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you were still explaining to us. Yes, yeah, so, so the child's experiences 
um, during the course of their first five years of life will determine their outcomes by the age of five. And so we really need to be careful not to see this as just an education issue. You know, if the child's mother had a healthy pregnancy, if the child is adequately nourished, if the parents read to the child, tell her stories, if she um, attends a quality early learning program, all of these kinds of experiences essentially culminate in a healthy child by the age of four and five. And so this makes it clear that this is really a, a collective responsibility. And obviously um, the Department of Education has a key role to play, but it's not the only stakeholder. One of my concerns is around malnourishment. I mean, how big um, a factor does malnourishment play when it comes to early childhood development? It's a massive issue. And what we found, so the survey looked at, at three areas of development that we know are associated with successful transition into school and through school. We looked at early learning, um, we looked at social emotional functioning, and we looked at stunting. So stunting is a measure of malnutrition, essentially. We, you measure the child's height for age, and you look at that according to the World Health Standards, World Health Organization standards, um, and that tells us whether a child is chronically malnourished. And we found that one in four children were stunted. Um, and in some provinces, those, those levels were up to over 30% of children. Sure. And then we looked at the relationship between stunting data and learning outcomes. And we found that children who were stunted uh, scored poorer on the learning outcomes overall. And for severely stunted children by the age of four, they were already one whole year behind their, um, their better off peers. And so these children are just starting school at, at a massive disadvantage. And it's just, it really is unjust. Mm, really, it truly is. Earlier you were saying that uh, we need to all play a, a role in the development of children. And I do agree with you. Uh, this afternoon I was speaking to, to, to my youngest, who's four years of um, age uh, to their to their teacher, <laughs> and um, and I, and she was narrating a story to me to say, you know, some parents can really be unreasonable. There's a another child who's four turning five at the same school who's really struggling, who refuses to do anything, um, won't go to the loo by themselves, can't you know uh, clean up after themselves, can't put a jacket on by themselves and the, the teacher was really concerned so the teacher had a meeting with the parent and said look I'm, I'm really concerned let's look at the, the developmental you know challenges that your child is having and the parent was offended the parent was offended and the parent threatened to remove the child from the school and I I, I, I want to ask you the question are educators in the early childhood development phase are those educators equipped to be able to assess if a child's needs are not being met at home and also be able to assess if they are able to assist the child at school or not? Um, it's, a, it's a good question because some of the things that you've spoken about in relation to this child um, speak to the child's social-emotional functioning, which mm. is the third area that we looked at. And one of the things we look at is age-appropriate levels of independence because when that child goes into grade R, they are going to have to be able to do those things for themselves. True. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to engage in the classroom. And so those are a really important skill set. Um, and I think one of the challenges with early childhood development programs is that 
you know, these are services that are not offered by government. They are offered by um, mostly non-profit organizations, often very entrepreneurial women. And many of them, you know, they, they have incredibly good intentions and they're offering a critical service, but they're not supported adequately. Uh, many of them don't have sufficient training. Um, they don't have sufficient funding. Um, so it's very difficult to sustain staff because you can't pay salaries. And so I think one of the things we really have to do is look at how much funding government puts into early learning. At the moment, it's only 2% of the annual education budget. Um, and if that was increased, if we put more funding in and we invested more smartly in early childhood, I think a lot of these issues could be addressed. Mm. So how can we ramp up uh, the, the funding? What is it that can be done? Because if so little attention is given to early childhood development, then we shouldn't be asking ourselves why um, are, are we not satisfied with the quality of learners that we are churning out after grade 12? Exactly. Exactly. So there's so there's strong evidence to show that, you know, if children are performing poorly on these domains that we assessed, the chances are that they many of them will struggle when they when they transition into school. They may not complete school, and if they do complete school, they're also less likely to find employment. And so there definitely is a ripple effect through the education system. And you know, we've never had data like this before. We focused on things like um, school dropout or matric pass rates or unemployment. But we've never really gone right to the root cause of this, which is to say, how are we preparing our children in the first instance? And I think this data gives us that. And it is depressing data, but at the same time, at least we know where we stand. We have a baseline, um, and now we can move forward. And, you know, we're going to repeat data collection every three years. We'll be able to measure whether we make progress, and we'll be able to hold ourselves and each other accountable. I I do hope that you'll be given enough uh, funding and resources to be able to continue with this data and it will receive the right attention. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thanks, Patricia.